and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. Join me each week as I share all the things I've learned that make keeping your home, garden, and life running smoothly all while working. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you get the episodes downloaded straight to you every Monday. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. In 16 days, our family of three, Johnson, Sage the Golden Retriever, and myself will grow by six. Some might say we are expanding our flock. See what I did there? Jokes aside, on May 24th, we will pick up six baby chicks from Dunlap Hatchery in Caldwell, Idaho. Adding these chicks to our lives will mark a life goal for me. My grandmother, affectionately known as Granny, not only by myself, but any friends, in-laws, and extended family members of my three brothers and I, had a farm in Nova Scotia for many years. I spent summers from the age of two onward visiting her on that farm, and from a young age, I've been obsessed with one day having my own. Her farm was magical. Simple, the quintessential hobby farm that was more than a hobby to her. Grandy put food on the table with that farm, and as my friend Valerie explains it when describing her farm, Vista Farms, she paid for her education through the farm. Not education in the formal sense, but education in the traditional sense. She learned through hands-on experience how animals live, breed, develop, how to care for them when they are sick, and how to make the hard calls any farmer has to make. Her husband at the time, Fred, had a fabulous garden. Again, quintessential. In-ground garden with perfect rows, weeded to perfection, and absolutely thriving in the Nova Scotia summer sun. Gardening was Freddie's love and passion, and I often think of his garden fondly when I'm in my own. I spent my youngest years on that farm, and I have no doubt that Granny's farm played a huge role in who I am and what I value today. While I dream about one day having a farm like hers with open fields, a duck pond, a cherry tree, and picturesque red barn, for now, Johnson and I are joining the Backyard Chicken Club. Thankfully, here in Boise, Idaho, we are good company with backyard farmers. Many of our neighbors have their own flocks of chickens, duck, geese, and one neighbor even has four goats right in a populated neighborhood. You can walk by and pet them, and it's awesome. I love it. Why should we have to choose between access to Trader Joe's and having chickens? Thankfully, where I live, I don't. Boise allows you to have up to six hens on your property and no roosters. I will now answer the question I get most often when telling others that we are getting chickens. Are you going to get a rooster too? No? How are you going to have eggs? Now, this goes back to the age-old question of what came first, the chicken or the egg. For those of you who don't know, hens will lay eggs with or without a rooster. Simply put, like female humans, they ovulate. If you want baby chicks, you need a rooster to fertilize those eggs. We chose Dunlap Hatchery as they come highly recommended here in Idaho and have been operating since 1918. We chose to have our chicks sexed, meaning that they will, hopefully, if all goes as planned, end up with six hens and zero roosters. We are getting a variety of breeds, five to be exact. They include the Americana hen, which we will have two of because they lay the most beautiful blue eggs, and our good friends Bubba and Hannah in Charleston, South Carolina, have a hen that is very special to us named Nugget, who is also an Americana. In addition to those blue egg-laying beauties, we will have a New Hampshire red, a Rhode Island red, a barred Plymouth rock, and a silver lace Wyandotte. 
our four hens outside of the Americanas will lay varying shades of brown eggs. We chose these breeds for a few reasons, primarily three reasons. Temperament, they are less likely to experience broodiness. Broodiness, for those of you who do not speak chicken, is when a hen has the desire to incubate her eggs. As you now know, without the rooster playing his role, the hen can sit on those eggs as long as she likes and they will not hatch. Problematic because she occupies a nesting box and the other hens want to get in there. And it also makes for an uncomfortable situation when you're trying to take her beloved eggs to use in your kitchen. I recall as a child on Granny's farm, a broody hen, also called Granny, coincidentally, who was broody and reaching my tiny hand under her, praying she didn't peck me, trying to protect her eggs, was scary. So we are hoping to avoid any broody hens here on the Duncan backyard farm. The second reason we chose the breeds we did was for cold tolerance. While most chicken breeds handle the cold better than they handle heat, we do experience cold winters and we didn't want to risk any freezing waddles or combs, chicken speak, the red parts on top and under their head. The third reason we chose the breeds we did is because they're all great layers. Between our six ladies, we should have over 1,200 eggs a year more than enough to get us through breakfast and baking and share some with friends and family that live nearby. So here's how we've been getting ready. Education was the first step. I took two classes through the Boise Learns Community Education Program over the winter, but one was extremely informative. That class was with my new chicken guru, Gretchen Anderson. And if her name sounds familiar, it's because she's also a master gardener and I've talked about things I've learned from her in terms of gardening. I'm telling you, this woman is my idol. Naturally, I purchased her book, it's linked in the show notes, titled The Backyard Chicken Fight, How Keeping Chickens in Your Yard is Ruffling Feathers Across the Nation. My husband and I refer to it as the Chicken Bible because we've been reading notes from her class and the book, Getting Ready for Our Chick's Arrival. We bought a coop, and then thanks to my amazingly kind and patient and forgiving husband, expanded the run portion of the coop to double their living space. The coop we purchased states that it fits 8 to 10 chickens, but since we don't plan to free range them unless they're supervised, because as much as I love animals, I don't want them devouring our garden, I decided I wanted them to have more living space after seeing the coop set up. It is now a nice large run, painted white with green accents, and we think they're going to be very happy there. Over the weekend, we built their brooder box, Chicken Speak, where they will live indoors until they get their full feathers and can move to their outside coop. It will likely take about six to eight weeks until they are outdoors, and in that time frame, they'll grow a lot. So we wanted to make sure our brooder setup could handle them from fuzzy little golf ball stage to baby T-Rex stage. We used plywood to create a three-foot by four-foot box with a swing door for easy cleaning and access for us to be able to sit with them and socialize them to our presence. We've got their starter food, which is medicated high in protein to help them grow and fight off any illness in their first few months of life. We will be using pine shaving bedding as cedar is toxic to chickens. We will need to purchase a small dowel to create a baby perch for them since this is a natural instinct and they will want one from a young age. And in the coop, we're going to use 2x4s as the perch bars installed horizontally with the 4-inch side being what they will stand on. This was recommended by Gretchen to help them avoid cold injuries through the winter because they can have their feet flat and then lower their bodies over their feet to keep them warm as opposed to wrapping their toes around a smaller dowel and then being exposed. 
There are so many tips and tricks to be learned from those that have experience and are willing to share. I know we're just at the beginning of our learning experience when it comes to chickens, and I can't wait to learn more over the years and be able to provide more insight to those that want to start their own coop. Be sure to follow along with Johnson and I on Untraditionally Traditional Pod, where we'll be sharing all the adorable chick pictures and videos once they come home on May 24th. Until next week, have an amazing day, and thank you for being here with me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow Untraditionally Traditional Pod on Instagram. Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.